0: That was pretty loud. I think I just woke Savannah up next door.
1: <laughs> okay. Well if it's loud there, it's, I realize how janky this quality is on my end. Let's hope it's good for the viewers.
0: Show twenty three. Got the coaches coming on to the world champs. Martijn Jaspers and Sam Willoughby. It's gonna be good. So Martijn coached Tuan to a world championship title and obviously Sam coached Elise to one. So it'll be kinda interesting to pick their brain a little and see how they train the world champions. I'm excited to talk to them.
1: Yeah, really excited. Little coaches corner. They could to go behind the scenes, or not behind the scenes, but, but yeah, behind the riders and see what you know has their coaches have done to make them tick and make them be as fast as they are, be as you know as solid as they are and consistent as they are. It'd be really I, interesting.
0: I always think it's really interesting to see different coaches' philosophy and stuff because Sam and Martin could be completely different, but obviously both really effective.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I would say that there's a way. There's a different way to do it all right, and they found their ways that work. So, I would be curious to see what the differences are and even what the similarities are because I'm sure at the end of the day, there are a lot of things that are pretty similar. Hey,
0: yeah, like I'm obviously it's no secret we all do gates and squats and sprints, but I think what some of the biggest differences is volume and timing with different things, like when you plug things in, when you don't do them. And I fight, I feel like that's a lot of times the last piece to the coaching puzzle.
1: Yeah, that's actually a big difference the volume and uh, when you're doing it because. I found myself, we do like, we tend to kind of cut our things off a little early and do a little less. Versus, I've seen some people, maybe Europeans, that have done a lot more, a lot closer to the events. I'm really curious to see how that's helped them or how they felt with
0: that. Yeah, volume and frequency of things is, I think, the two biggest things that can vary. I mean, generally, I think we all try and accomplish the same things in training, um, yeah. give or take a few things. But I think volume and frequency, like I said, are the two main things. Yeah,
1: yeah, it'll be interesting to see.
0: So we got Martin and Sam on the show, Progate Europe. Well, Winning starts with a, uh, an amazing gate, James. But winning starts with the great gate with Pro Gate Europe. You know what? You know, Pe- people. Gate right now. I was going to say people. But get yourself an individual Pro Gate Europe.
1: Yeah, you got to work on them gates. Let, let me just say, I'm down here in Peru right now. They got a great gate up here. One of the great Pro Gates. Do nice they?
0: fast. Oh, a nice good yeah. one, eh? A nice good one? Yeah. Nice good one. They
1: got a barrel gate on the Supercross Hill. That's a little new, that, but it's a nice new gate.
0: Yeah, that's a bit weird, eh? Yeah. You don't have to just yeah. see the red light and floor it.
1: That's what I like to do, baby. Let me. Eat. And we also got a new sponsor on board for the show, Terry. You want to let me know who it
0: is? Jason Carnes and the Berm Academy. So, yeah. Berm Academy Tours, when you want to make the most of your BMX experience, whether you're at the track, trails, bike park, USA BMX National, popping wheelies through the city, or hanging with the biggest names in the sport, we live BMX and we're taking you along for the ride. Check out bermacademy.com and see what it's all about the berm academy powered by answer bmx and s squared we're taking you on tour so that's jason Carnes in the berm academy um obviously he does a lot of stuff with riders he takes them on tour takes them around the country you go to tracks different races beautiful spots trails um it's a good opportunity for riders so hit jason up on instagram too if you want to get some more information
1: and yeah that's awesome we have the berm academy on board jason's such a cool guy i love what he's
0: doing with that I know, and obviously we did a podcast with Jason. Off the top of my head, I can't remember which episode it was, but um, if you want to listen to Jason's potty look through our archives as well.
1: Yeah, I love it. Have some of his views on the sport are awesome. Like he's just a dander, he just loves to ride, and that's what he does with the the Burma Academy. He just takes people to some of the best riding spots and all that. It's, it's awesome.
0: One of my favorite human beings.
1: Seriously, one of these times I want to go on the tour. Like I've told him that, and I'm not just lying to him every time I say it. Like I really do want to go on the tour.
0: That'd be it'd seriously be so fun.
1: Yeah, I really would. You have um, to go to so many cool spots, you just hang out with the boys on the bus and just just have a time.
0: Absolutely. Um we got one yeah. last thing also me and James have a couple camps coming up in Cochrane and Red Deer, Alberta, um mid August. So hit those tracks up if you're looking for a good camp as well this summer.
1: Yeah, the camp went really well last year. We had a lot of great turnout, kids working. I'm really looking forward to these ones again.
0: Yeah, so we'll be coming to Cochrane BMX and Red Deer BMX. So, James, yeah. how's uh, How's Lima and the Pan American Games? Hey,
1: so far, it's great, man. I'm taking it all in, just like you told me. I'm taking notes from everybody that's been here and told me stuff before. So, just been taking it all in, enjoying the experience. It's been really fun. Actually, I'm actually having a great time. Just The weather's been a little gloomy, but, you know, other than that, it's fun.
0: It looks cold.
1: It is. Honestly, it is really cold. Like I'm sure we have a nice, cold, cool sea breeze. But, like, the weather's only been probably, like, 17, 18 tops, and with the ocean breeze, it's not that warm.
0: I'm kind of surprised it's that cold.
1: I know. I I haven't seen the sun the whole time I've been here. It's been clouded over the entire time. Jesus. Yeah, we and rode the track the other day. It's, like, like it rained the last two nights, like, only in the nighttime. So the track was covered in water. They had to sweep the water off. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's sweet. How's the track?
1: Um, Well, they tell us not to say anything negative while we're here. So uh, the hill and the gate are fantastic. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who told you don't say anything negative?
1: I don't know. That was some of the crap on the, uh, the little tech guide thing they tell you. No, I, I I don't mind the track, but man, it's not it's not built very well. Unfortunately, in my mind.
0: Yeah, why?
1: Yeah, well, they like I said, the hill and the gate are brand new, fantastic. It's concrete hill. It's really good. The lift of the first jump and the first jump are great. It's like actually a pretty big jump with a nice big lip. So it actually makes it challenging if you have to actually get over the jump. But just the way they're turns were built, they're really flat and then it's like they had to build the turns twice because like the bottom layer is super flat and then it looks like they have to add it onto the turn and then there's a bank on the like the top if that makes sense. Oh, that's so weird. it's like the, yeah the turns are really low, but there's a super bank if you get to the top, if that makes sense. Kinda janky.
0: No, it is a little janky.
1: Yeah, and the way the, the jumps were built too, like the they're not built very well. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like a nice like quick up to the lift and then the lip's completely flat everything's just really mellow and then the rhythm is randomly super deep going in so i was doing efforts at like probably like 50 percent 40 percent yesterday and it still felt tough to get through it
0: oh that's so. that's gonna be sweet for racing
1: <laughs> yeah i'm really i'm <laughs> when we got to do a time trial and go full speed through the third straight i really have no clue what i'm going to do yet
0: uh just like come up um, come out of the second turn and just let instincts take over
1: i think so yeah really curious to see how it races and rides, man it's things are just yeah it's weird
0: well it'll be fun that'll be a cool race
1: yeah yeah the experience everything i'm looking forward to that everything's gonna be fun here so just gotta take it in right take it as it is
0: take it all in set that and also uh you know get on tinder and uh try to meet yourself a nice lady down there
1: I right, just start swiping right mm. would you tell me you put the radius as small as you can and just start swiping away
0: yeah go for it maybe you can meet yourself a nice like you know a nice wife there a nice athlete wife <laughs>
1: It's going to turn into another long-distance thing.
0: <laughs> um, also, before we get to the end of the show, we got Snap on Green left us a voicemail we're going to play at the end of the show.
1: Oh, this will be interesting.
0: People are going to be excited to hear it. People are going to be excited to hear it.
1: it. Every time we got a Snap on Green thing come through, it's always entertaining. It's always funny. I think people love him.
0: I hope they do. He hasn't reached out in a while, so it'll be good to it, It'll be good to hear from him.
1: Yeah, it really will, actually. So make sure you're t- well,
0: tune into the end of the show, people.
1: Yeah, we'll play that then. I got to give a shout-out to my co-CEO, which stepping in yesterday okay like i said i've been trying to take everything in here so my timeline has been crap for trying to do the business side of things which was all the social media stuff yesterday so for, uh, for clutch for me yesterday you got me for co-
0: for coffee chatter he means people yeah sorry for coffee chatter so we, we rotate weeks one of us does the sh- writes up the script for the show or talking points and the other person does social media this week james was social media and he forgot to post it on facebook yesterday so i had to bail him out yeah he did, um, he did. <laughs> i almost did a citizen's arrest on him <laughs>
1: Citizens arrest! Citizens
0: arrest! He, he almost—he almost didn't get paid this week.
1: Yeah, I almost got cut. The yeah. tech team's definitely almost know, got okay. cut. Yeah, I think I've been a little flustered, you know, just with everything. I haven't had time. The Wi-Fi has been crap, so I haven't been on my game lately. Nah, it's
0: understandable. You got a big race this week. Yeah. Um. Before we get social media check in, right? Yeah, before we talk to Martine here, we got the Sylvan social media check in, which is actually Sylvan. So fifteen BMX posted the Riders Corner that I did with Sylvan at the world. And he mm-hmm. said he doesn't think amateurs should race the world championships or they should be at a different world championships. Like a different venue basically, a different race. What are your thoughts? Yeah. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, I completely see where he's coming from. Uh, I really view that as something that's hard to do. Um, to have it at different venues. <coughs> I guess it's hard to do, but part of the cool thing about going to the world championships is that they have everybody at that one event like the small kids to the elites and I think that's really cool for for the, the amateurs really to be racing the same track that we're at and then they get to see us race and whatnot but I completely see where it's coming from that and uh, uh, yeah it takes away I, I want to say a little bit from the elites like he says when the, the younger riders go back to their hometown and they're being crowned as the world champions as they deserve but they're being put on the same platform as the elites I mean I guess it kind of takes away from the prestigeness of the elite world title.
0: Yeah, so here's the thing. I see what he's saying in the fact that people like it does if it takes away a little bit from the elite world title because kid goes back as the world champion as the world champion says he's the world champion and then people don't really see the difference between him and the elite, so I get that but that that being said. I don't necessarily agree with him because I think it's really cool to have all the challenge. I think it's cool to have age group world champions. Like I think it's sick to say you're the fastest eleven year old on the planet. I think that's really that's cool. I mean. And I think having I mean. yeah, I think having the challenge riders at the worlds and everything is actually really good for the sport and brings in a huge crowd for our racing too. So I actually think mm-hmm. it, it should stay. That being said, Um, I think if you're a challenge rider and you claim just claim like BMX world champion, that's a false claim because you're not like you have to specify and say you're the 15 boys world champion because if you just say BMX world champion, you're claiming that you're the world champion of BMX, which you aren't that those are the elite titles.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. actually.
0: Yeah, so that there is.
1: Unfortunately, there's a difference between that, right?
0: Yeah, you can't say you're BMX world champion as a challenge because that's false. Like you can say like, "Oh, I was the 15 boys world champion" or "my age group world champion," but you can't say BMX world champion because that's that's for the elites. And um, also, I think like as opposed to some people running rainbow jerseys or whatever when they're younger, I I don't think that's right either. Like that's that's an elite thing. But um, yeah. but like all in all, I I do think having the challenge riders at The world is really cool. It adds a lot of atmosphere, I think, for the whole event. And let's be real, if the Challenge weren't there, we wouldn't have a big crowd, I don't think, for the Elite Racing.
1: I completely agree. The people at Zolder in Belgium were all just, I think... The riders and parents from racing the amateur races so i completely agree with that
0: yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's cool like as an elite rider i always like cheering on for the canadian riders the young ones and the challenge ones and whatever and i think that adds a, a, a really cool aspect and then, then they also get to see their elite riders ride the same track and in person instead of watching us on the computer for the world cup so i think it's i think it's awesome
1: yeah i think it is too i think for that part it needs to be that way i think that does work and yeah, but yeah, like I said, like you said, I think it's just the the claiminess of what you're what you're winning. Yeah, like, to be a distinction of that. Um, um, it is like, it's cool when riders can say they're like I don't know a five-time world champion or whatnot, but you gotta claim that as your age group world champion, right? That's I th-
0: I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if I mean, if you look at other sports, I guess you could say that other sports don't have uh, amateur world champions, uh, other Olympic sports, whatever. They don't have it, but. I think it's okay that we have it and they don't. Like, I think that's what makes BMX cool. And like, we're not a mainstream sport. We're not a huge money sport. Like, we kind of are what we are. We're a, we're a niche sport with a really, I'd say, good following. And for this, for our mm-hmm. sport, I think we're a really good size. And I think it's all those aspects combined makes BMX unique. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I saw a post from I, I was on the explore page, and who is the Dutch rider that um, has won a bunch of world titles? He's, he's not elite. Oh, uh, Robin, um, Robin Vanderkolk.
1: Yeah, I can't remember what he was saying, but he was talking about that too. And he's one of those guys where he's won a bunch of world titles, but he's been in the amateur ranks. And I think he, like, he'll like, obviously claim that he's the world championship, but I'm not sure if he always claims that he's like the cruiser world champion or his age group world championship. So yeah, when he uses that name and says he's going to coach people, let's say, or if he wanted to, I don't know if he does, but if he's going to coach people and he's claiming all these world championships, like that could be misleading to people as well. And I don't think that's right.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, like, you can abs- absolutely claim you're the world champion of your age group and uh, challenge world champion, whatever. Absolutely, that's your title and you earned it. But I think uh-huh. you, like, if you're a challenge rider and you win the world champs, you can't say you're BMX world champion because that's that's for the elites. Yeah. 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 So that's that's so, that's that's what I think about it.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, it's a good. Good little debate topic, right?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I
1: like I like the fact that we talk about too. Like, the only the elites have the rainbow jersey because at the end of the day, that's that kind of shows the prestigious, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean I I think it's good to talk about And I mean, th- those are my thoughts And so, yeah
1: Yeah, if you think about it too Like we went to Baku Who would have been out there watching in Baku If it wasn't for the leftover riders
0: that were there <laughs> Dude, nobody There was like nobody there to begin with <laughs> There was such a far out place Like yeah. you were, nobody would be there oh. so. Alright, should we call uh call Martine?
2: Yeah, let's get him on the show See him uh, first
0: Yeah, we'll get him on Yeah,
2: let's get him on <laughs>
0: Martijn Jasper's, thanks for coming on the show today, man.
2: Thank you. Thanks for have, having me.
0: So you're in Austria right now with Tuan.
2: Yes, we're in, we arrived this morning, uh, doing some testing at the Red Bull uh, training facility here, and uh, tried to to see if we can improve on some stuff uh, towards Tokyo. Oh, I've, secret, I've... secret testing or what? No, not. Yeah, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of stuff here in uh, yeah in like a special special bunker down uh, down the ground, under the ground and so some tests and you get some information from it different than the tests we run so every everything every information we get is something, huh? I've uh, yeah.
0: I've seen some videos or some photos of that place. Looks insane.
2: Yeah, and if you're outside, you can't imagine what's inside. It, it looks like, like a farm or whatever from the outside, but once you're inside, yeah, it's, it's totally different. And today we also went to the, to the headquarters, and that's uh, that, that's really impressive to see uh, what they gathered there in a couple of years.
0: Man, no doubt, no doubt. That's, that's badass. Con- con- yes. congrats, congrats on your recent success with Twan. That must have been so exciting for both of you in Belgium.
2: Yes, this was uh, really amazing. Uh, also, really emotional uh, after a tough year for, for for the both of us. And uh, yeah, every, everything came out on that uh, on that day and makes it uh, really really special. What was
0: your yeah. What was your focus with Twan this year? Like, what was the process like for you guys?
2: Um. Yeah. Obviously, last year when I got Twan, uh, I asked Twan to come on the team because I heard like it was not really. Uh, really happy uh, at the national team anymore and i i, I knew i uh, i was going to lose joris to the national team uh, because he was asked yeah and they have a way bigger budget than we have bigger better facilities um so when i got twan yeah he was inju- obviously injured from uh, from baku um so that was the first thing then his uh, re- relationship uh, ended uh, so he was also heartbroken and he had to sit on the couch because of his ankle uh, uh, operation uh, so that was really hard there um so i knew okay the, we always knew like Tuan is physically really, really good. So we really had to focus on the, on the mental part. So we started working with, uh, with a sports psychologist, um, uh, together, uh, yeah, with the, the way I, I work. Um, so actually for this year, the most things we did was on the mental, uh, mental part. And yeah, the year struggled, uh, started with a lot of struggles, but in the end, uh, everything is, uh, went really well. So yeah, totally happy.
0: What did you? What did you guys focus on specifically in training this year?
2: Um, yeah, Tuan was always, um, especially on his gait, uh, technique wise, not really consistent. So we tried to work because yeah, he had to start real slow with his ankle. So we really started with some slow, slow movements, gates, But we could get the consistency in. Um, so training wise, yeah, that was what we what we put the most effort in to get this gate consistent because yeah tuan is one of the strongest and powerful guys down the down the hill but if you're not good enough till the kink uh, and you're with your elbows behind yeah it's really nice that you can pedal real fast but if you're behind you're not gonna win <laughs> true true that yeah next... i've noticed uh, in his gate form and uh, maybe it was joris harmson's too
1: they start with their pedal a little higher up is that one of the the from from you do they get that from you
2: yes yeah Joris started with a little bit higher but we switched pedals with yours because yours when he was a kid he used to start I I don't know which one he he knows Uh, he always started like with uh, with his right foot in front he started with his left foot in front then he saw like the top guys uh, running it with the right right foot in front so when he was a year uh, like eight years old he switched So after 2016, he was was like riding for fun. And um, he was like trying to do gates with his his opposite foot. So he started to do them with the left again. And he said like, yeah, after 20 gates, it felt, felt quite good. So from 2016 to 2017 he switched foot and really started uh, changing uh, that and then we started higher uh, with the pedal and Joris went low, because Joris, Joris is quite low at the moment, uh, but Twan went up a little bit and we also changed some parts on his, uh, on his bike uh, setting as well uh, to, to, to make it better uh, for, for the for the movement of the gate. That's crazy switching pedals like that. It'd be badass if you were able to do that. Switch feed depending
1: on where the first jump was. That'd be so cool. <laughs>
2: yeah, that would be cool. But and also like with because yours is uh now he's left left, he can always do like or four pedals if if it's like a shitty hill like rock hill. Yeah uh, or like if it's like solar or path now, you can do the five cranks. Yeah. That's
0: what a, pretty badass. What a weapon. <laughs> what a weapon. Yeah.
2: It's a yes. good tool to have, actually, if you could do that. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good advantage, and like if if, if you can do four pedals, you can still push through the transition in the bottom. Yeah, wow. and everyone with the four and a half or three and a half, like in Rock Hill or Verona, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's hard. But yeah, Tuan went to a bigger gear this year, so with this four and a half, uh, and probably Rock Hill will be three and a half. Yeah, there will be uh, that will be a challenge. Yeah you've coached a few different riders what has been the differences uh for coaching Tuan versus your previous riders um uh, yeah (laughs) Uh, that's a big broad question yeah that's yeah yeah uh tuan is i i you say that uh like a projectile which can go everywhere (laughs) uh, physically and mentally uh you know what i mean Uh, yeah so, yeah, he has so many ideas. Uh, yeah, he can change every direction. Um, so it was. Kind of the focus to stream streamline that to get him in the right direction and yeah with that one is really different than the other people I've I've coached so that was a real new dimension for me uh, as well and yeah we got managed that we got a little bit more structure in his whole life uh, yeah with uh, the ending of his relationship moving back home then buying a house. Uh, building uh, changing and working on it uh, so he can he could really restructure his complete life living on his own uh, and that helped him a lot uh, but that was also the problem why he struggled at the beginning of the year but now we find the good groove where he can work in and that's yeah that's good
0: so besides Tuan like you talked about Joris so you've brought like Joris, Dave, Tuan, um, Laura and Meryl Smolers you've brought them all to a higher level How have you been able to do that?
2: (laughs) Just work hard. (laughs) Work work hard, work smart. Um, Yeah, obviously, I've always... um... Raised myself and I've never been like the real top top guy so I've always had to work really hard for it um, I always had to uh, uh, make, make the difference in the details uh, and with that I knew on the, on the perfect day I could make a World Cup main uh, which I did twice and also make a, uh, a world final but yeah I've never been like a top top guy so I always focused for myself on the details and that's where where I still focus on to do, to do the details do that correct and right and then then you can make a, then you can make a difference especially uh, it's, a, it's a sport where things are decided in, in inches it's really close to each other um, so the details make the difference and if you focus on that and do everything well and good in there uh, that's good then you can make the difference and win races or improve.
0: So obviously with coaching, like there's so many different aspects when it comes to physical, technical, all that kind of stuff. Is there something you focus on a bit more than others? Like do you focus a ton on technique or a lot on strength or anything like that? Um,
2: I, I focus quite a lot on, on gait technique. Uh, that's the main thing because that's the most important part in our sport. That's where... We do a lot of video, videoing, analyzing, uh, timing, just to get that perfection. Uh, because yeah, if you have a, a great gait, it makes it a lot easier to get a good result. Um, and also, yeah, where, where, what my main focus always is, is to focus on the process. If you're not executing your 100% um, at the right time, uh, and you're busy with, okay, it's a result, or I have to get this or that, Yeah, you're not making your 100%. If
0: you're not doing your 100%, you're not going to get a result. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Gateform's obviously really important.
1: Yeah, that process too It can be tough. I know I struggle with that myself sometimes on, on race days. If I ever start slipping up my starts, it's how I always slip away from the process, and you got to try to stick to that. Have you yes. tried to help them with the mental side of doing that, or do they
2: just yeah always, send them to yeah. a mental coach for that? Yeah, they also yeah, all of them like yours went uh, to to the uh, to the mental coach, the sports psychology where I went. Laura went there. Twan went there now. Uh, so it's it's not like it's not like that that they learn you a trick. You have to do it yourself. Uh, but you also have to work on it. A lot of people forget the mental part of being a top athlete uh, and what it's what what's needed to to do
3: that
0: yeah it's so important absolutely um before you came on me and james were talking a bit when it comes to training and stuff a lot of the things that you know a lot of the times we do similar stuff from rider to rider coach to coach but a lot of the differences come in volume and frequency with stuff do you think that's true
2: yeah yeah totally Every rider is is different. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're not in a team sport. Um, yeah, it's it's individual, and that's I think that's where you have to search for as a as a coach to to see okay what's working on this af- athlete. Uh, like with yours, we went to a, a, a every time to easier gear, and now with Twan, we went to a heavier gear every time, and. <laughs> yeah you see okay we tried this for 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 us for uh, for a period and this works okay then we can you, you improve on that okay we go on and then you see okay now this curve is ending and you have to find something else and yeah it's like a big big puzzle and yeah eventually you try to get all the small pieces fit in uh, within each other and yeah then you can come to great results like this one at worlds
0: What's your? What do you think about volume with training? Like, how many days a week do you typically have your riders training?
2: Um, most of the time, and that's 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 a that's a big difference. Like I know, like the guys from from Liam, Liam, they train uh, just once a day, but they train every week. Um, we train like two or three weeks uh, in a row, and then. Like five days of two, two sessions a day, um, so that's a big difference to others. But the, then after the two or three weeks, it's like one easy week to, to recover and yeah. And it also depends on like which period you are, uh, yeah. What kind of races are coming up? Uh, is there a race uh, weekend in between of the weeks? Or yeah, there, there there's so many so many aspects where you base your volume on
1: yeah did what about road rides because i know you guys all like road rides over there do you guys do any of that yeah we do we do okay
2: yeah but we like like i said like yeah you use like we do some testing and see like okay at which level is it Uh, is it good yeah then why should you um, uh, do a lot in that and if it's not good okay then invest in that but if it's already good already good then don't yeah don't be uh, on the road bike that much
0: yeah, yeah i know it has to be has to be pretty personal like when we talk to 20 it seems like you guys form a, a nice personal relationship together and it, i know you as a person Martine, you like to help people and you're you like to be close to people you're working with like do you think that's a really important aspect of coaching as well as like knowing the ride, yeah. knowing the rider because they could have stress in other aspects of their life that comes into racing. So you you need to know yes. them, I think too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Totally, totally agree. I'm a really, yeah, I'm a a, a feelings person. Uh, I try to have a good bond with the with the rider to know what's going on in their heads and also to know what's going on in their personal life because sometimes um yeah you can do everything well in training but if you're not right uh, in, in the good mood in your head because of something happens yeah that makes it makes it hard and if you know that you can work and change change on that like you can change the program or whatever to to um to make it better for the rider and get if you're not good in the head you're not gonna perform yeah yeah 100
0: percent yeah true that. Anything else before we get into some quick shots, James? Go
1: yeah, no, I, I was curious. Uh, so, we talked to Twan, Martin about just like uh, all the work you put on the track. It's older. Uh, did you guys work a lot on the first jump, doing the pull manual? Did you guys work a lot
2: on the third straights as well? Did you help him with that? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. For us, uh, yeah, we, we, we were in Paris and obviously it, didn't, it totally didn't work, work out uh we saw that yeah his gates and his times were good uh but uh, not good enough on the track track times were too slow uh, he made too many mistakes so we knew like okay uh, we need a big change towards zolder so twan said okay every opportunity i have uh i want to go to zolder and so we completely planned everything around those sessions um, he knew like okay we, we timed the, the first jump the pull manual and we knew it was that much faster so but you need to have it dialed you saw mm-hmm. the people who did it but made the slight mistake and then you're not winning but if you do it correctly and perfectly yeah then you can make a big big advantage uh, so we worked a lot on that and especially also on the third and the last trade because that's always where one makes the most <laughs> mistakes Uh, and especially like the the, the track of soldo is easy but it's also really hard like if you're not that tall and especially like the jump out of the last straight and then the manual if you miss the jump and you miss the the manual you'll be passed every time by guys like Nick, uh, Kai White uh, everyone, Uh, they're way faster on that so we worked a lot on those straights, we did a lot of uh, two straight average, full laps, we did a lot of them. So that's how we, because I think Twan's best time before this world, uh, before we really started practicing at uh, at, um, at Solda was a 31.5. And now in his last moto, he rode a 30.7. So that's almost a second quicker than he's ever been there before yeah, wow. and also on the on the hill times uh, we did one session with with kyle where we had the timers on and he equaled his pb of 2018 world cup um with a 2.51 or 2.53 and then in the second moto this world he did a 2.508 yeah so that sure. was a lot quicker
1: that's uh, a lot quicker what do you talk to tuan about on race day at the track like uh when he's clicking so well like that, do you have to say much to him, or is it just kind of let him do his thing?
2: Um, yeah, Tuan, one someone, yeah, he's 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 thinking uh, about everything. So yeah, we tr- we always try to talk as much as possible, but not like that. We're fully busy with with the race day or what's coming. It's also like, okay, how are you feeling? Uh, the weather is shit. You can't expect. That the practice is gonna be cancelled, uh, maybe still with the when the the race will be postponed or whatever stuff like that. We talked through a lot of the, the 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 situations, and actually, like this was the first time in my coaching career. I'm still young, so it's not that many years. Like already two weeks before, I was like, after Europeans in in Latvia, we're like, yeah, I think we're ready. Let's. Hmm. Let's bring on worlds and everything the whole day, everything was working in our favor, practice being cancelled, uh, postponed. Uh, so we could even decide to not train uh, do the training session on, on, on Saturday morning, uh, stay at the hotel, save some uh, save some energy. Uh, so it all played actually played in our favor. and also we already trained in the rain. Uh, we're used to that as Dutch, Dutch people, so <laughs> yeah. everything, the whole day was, was clicking. And actually, like Twan was quite stressed before the one and the quarters, and then after quarters, he kind of relaxed. Like, okay, I'm, I'm in, the, in the mix in the top 16, and he had an inside, uh, inside lane for the, for the semi. He was like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And after the, I think after the semi, he was the most relaxed of the full day. He was like, because also for us Dutchies, um, yeah, you have, we have like a a status from the Olympic committee and you have to do a top eight in worlds, or you have to do a top eight um, at the world cup ranking uh, to get your monthly salary, which is based so you can train full time or that you have to work or whatever next to it. Um, So when Tuan made the final, he's like, okay. At least I have a salary for the next uh, for the next year, and I can build toward Tokyo. So that was also, yeah. You don't want to think about it on a race day, but it is in the back of your mind. So actually, I had to refocus him before the final. He was like, "Okay, I'm already there. Yes, I have my salary. It's it's good. And okay, we'll see what happens." I was like come on, dude, you know how hard we work to get into this final. You know the, the struggle you've been through this whole year. We're not going to let this thing happen. I was like, if you are executing your 100% this final, then nobody else is faster than you are on this first straight. And our, our, our plan was take the whole shot, bring it home. That was the plan in Nationals, that was the plan in Europeans, that was the plan here because we know if Tuan is being at 100%, there's no one faster than him on the first straight, uh, especially on the first short first straight like this and the pool mm-hmm. manual. Yeah, you can make a big difference on there. I
0: like, yeah. I like it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Me too.
0: <laughs> I like it. Whole shot and check out. Don't blow up. Yeah. Pretty yeah simple, and then, right and, simple. And, and and he he
2: scared the shit out of me on the second straight. I was lucky that I was standing on top of the second straight. so I saw I saw the case, but I didn't see the nose manual all the way to the next jump. so <laughs> my my heart rate was already going up. and when I saw the videos from the side, I was like, holy shit, how did he manage to stay on this on his bike?
0: Oh, he, he... and
2: afterwards he was like, Oh, yeah, maybe it was even good because I was going so fast. I would probably crash in the second turn because I was going in <laughs> way too fast. So actually, it maybe helped him. And he didn't even hear, like, he was, like, riding on the last straight. He said, like, yeah, nobody's going to pass me. Where When are they coming? And he, he's even pedaled to the finish line. He didn't hear anything. I, I screamed my lungs out. Uh, you all probably
0: seen the, seen the video. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, he almost fucking died. Yeah.
2: All right. Incredible.
0: Well, we, we got some quick shots for fans from you, Martine. Okay. Go for it, Pom.
1: All, right, All right, the first one is from David Graff. He says, what would you do differently in your own training with today's knowledge as a coach?
2: Whew. Yeah, that's what I think about really often. Like, <laughs> if I... When I was racing, especially when I was younger, um, I always trained way too much. Rest days, rest weeks, whatever, was not on my program. Always charging full pool. (laughs) Uh, So that would be the main difference. That's what, what I changed like the last couple of years, that I did way less. And always, like, I was always thinking, like, oh no, I need to improve on that. And then I added stuff to my program instead of taking something else out. Um, So that would be the main difference what I would change when I would race now.
0: All right, at CokeShoss103, what was the last thing you said to Twan before the final?
2: Oh, yeah, I already mentioned what I said just before when we were in the team area. And I can't even remember what i said when we were on the bottom of the hill like still cleaning the tires and he was so relaxed so i actually didn't say that much i was like giving i I said everything i wanted to say already before so it was i think it was a a fist pump of a a, a box and okay let's go for it show me show me your 100 percent, and that's it
1: he came through yeah Uh, that's from the palm dog millionaire how much more stressful is it watching your athletes compared to when you were racing?
2: <laughs> so much more. Stress.
0: It's funny. Everyone says that. Everyone says uh, that.
2: It's so crazy. Like, and also like sometimes I, I remember like the first year I was full coach and we were at the European round, uh, in Verona, and there were like I was standing on the side of the first straight and it was first moto, and there were like, I think like every race, two or three crashes, I was like standing on the side like, what the fuck? What is this? What is this for? And normally when you're on the gate, you're like, come on, get this guy off the track, I want to do my race. (laughs) Uh, So it's, yeah, now it's it's really stressed, there's nothing you can do anymore, and you're just like, okay, I hope he does well, but yeah, you can't change anything anymore, just between laps, and you try to be there, and but it's really stressful to, to watch, uh, yeah. Especially with a uh, with Tuan, who can ride the bull, uh, <laughs> especially in finals like uh, like this. Then it's yeah, it, the, the 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 nerves and adrenaline gets real high.
0: Alrighty. I can At Jay Latier four twenty seven. I think we already kind of asked this, but as a coach, do you try to help with the mental side of racing, or do you leave that to a sports psychologist?
2: I, I, I try, like, like the, the the real training with the spot psychologists, that's what the rider do with them, but I try to, like, when they do, like, the intake uh, before and, like, the last couple of sessions, I try to be there to implement like okay what is working for this guy and try to implement that in my coaching style because yeah it's it's all about the rider it's not about me as a coach uh, and one thing works with one rider and it it's totally different with another one like tuan and 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 like Joris, they always uh, really want to analyze races and like when i work with laura um, yes, yeah, she wanted to know less as possible. So it was like the basic stuff. Okay, this is the plan We're gonna do it like this and that discuss that and move on Not talk too much and that's yeah, so so the mental part for a coach is really important as well Yeah,
1: no doubt. All right. The last one we have for you is from Justin Holton. He says what is one of the
2: most important aspects of coaching for you? Yeah, the, the mental side the mental, mental side to to be ready in your head that you're ready in your head when you're on the gate that's the most that's the most important for for me especially during coaching like training wise it's different but coaching uh coaching wise is all about being right and being in a good position in your head that's the most uh, most important
1: well
0: thanks
2: i got a question hold on i got a question okay
1: Okay, so what happens, I always like, we always talk about how coaches are like, you got to be on the right mental side. Well, what if you have an athlete that's not, you can see that they're a little off mentally. What do you think, what do you say to them? I've always been curious because, you know, I'm not a coach. <laughs> uh,
2: um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I try to talk. Yeah. Try to get to know like why, what is happening uh, and, and, and I hope uh, for, for, for coaches or future coaches, um, that you're on the same page with your writer, That they that they want to tell you anything, uh, and that not that they're not scared to tell anything. And also, especially like the struggles they have, the things they think, they think like it's not possible that you're uh, that you're having uh, problems or that you're stressed because of something. And as long as you're not, if you keep it inside and not talk about it, yeah, then it's then it will definitely affect your performance. And if you talk about it, sometimes even talking and throwing throwing it out against if it's your coach or if, if it's someone else that you can talk to, um, yeah, that's that's important. So you can let the stress go and focus again on the on the process and on your task. Um so the, 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 thir- the first thing I would do is, is talk to them and, and, and get to know like, okay, what is the problem? Why isn't it working? And sometimes, yeah, you can't do anything about it during uh, uh, the race because there's no time or you have to do your next race or whatever, but at least you know it and you can work on it in the, the weeks between the races and, and, and try to, to work on it and get it, get it better. Yeah, all right. I like that. I'm not that good at the quick shots. I talk way too much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, we appreciate you coming on, man. Enjoy. uh, It was cool to hear how you worked with Twan and your other riders. And enjoy Austria with Twan.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And uh, keep up with with the great show. And I hope uh, the sound every time, every time it's good. Uh, (laughs) It gets gets better every show. I remember the first couple of shows, every time with Tori, I had to... To, to put the volume down, then with James it was good, and then the guy, the guest, I had to turn it up, so I was switching the volume uh, every time, but now it gets better. So keep up the good work, and I think, at least from, from, from my perspective, I've, I've listened to all, almost all of them. Uh, I think it's really good that we have something like this and we can share. Um, experience. Uh, people hear stuff from behind the scenes. From, yeah, from coaches, from riders. I I really like the, the stuff you do and uh, keep up the good work.
0: Awesome. Thanks, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah.
2: Thanks yes. so much, Martin. And always, you're always welcome in my house. You remember.
0: Yeah. Make sure my fucking bed's made in my room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> as, long, as long as you don't fuck up our system story.
0: Yeah, Martine is so he Martine James. He's got his systems in his house.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure you don't follow them one. Bit. <laughs> no. He asked like five times in a row, "Where's the coffee? Uh, is it here?" <laughs> no, I told you already five times. You
0: fucking moron! <laughs> it's here.
2: He kept fucking up my systems. Yeah, Dude, I, you know what?
0: I leave my clothes in his office, he gets pissed. <laughs>
2: now <laughs> you know. Okay, okay. And, 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 in my new house, you have a full, uh, full, uh, uh, I say that, uh, the complete ceiling floor is yours. So you're welcome anytime.
0: Yeah. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. Take care. Thanks. Thank you. See Thank you, bro. you very
1: much. Keep up.
0: See you, bro. Our tiny Aspers, James.
1: Yeah. Great to hear from him. Great to hear his story and what he worked on with Twan. That was awesome.
0: He's brought a lot of riders to a higher level.
1: Yeah, he sure has, yeah. So we're going to move right into uh, Sam Willoughby's section. We got him on the line, right?
0: Sam, how's it going?
1: How's it going, guys?
0: Good, good. How are you doing?
3: Yeah, good, good.
0: You just got back from Minnesota?
3: Yeah, we went um, straight from Belgium to, to Minnesota for a bit of family time and relaxing week on the, on the lake. <laughs> well, it ended up being pretty hectic with
0: the local local media and stuff but it was all all positive yeah did Elise have to do a bunch of media at home yeah
3: she had quite a few little uh commitments and then she um did some stuff at the x Games on saturday as well so.
0: oh did you guys get to watch some x games too
3: yeah yeah we went along and watched and um she handed out the medal for the dirt final oh cool yeah that's really awesome
0: what's his name uh ozzy won the dirt final right yeah, they went 1-2, uh, Logan Martin. Logan um, Martin, right, yeah, yeah. Wade was telling me about him in uh, in uh, Belgium, he seems like he's super into going to the Olympics and stuff too. Yeah, yeah, it
3: seems like he probably takes it the most serious out of, out of all the guys there. So.
0: Yeah, Wade was saying he loves to wear the Cycling Australia shirt and everything. <laughs> yeah, he's a big mud. We need to get him on some rollers with a long seat post.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> We're in Lima and we have one of the uh, Canadian freestyle guys and Adam was like, what do you What do you think it takes for me to get him on a high post between his runs?
3: He <laughs> <laughs> should just go drop it in, just Allen key the other one out and drop it in. Just see what he does, he's like, what the hell yeah. is
0: that? i like, what is this? <laughs> well, congrats on your success with your riders, especially at least winning, how, like, how fulfilling was that for you? I'm sure it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Um,
3: yeah, it doesn't matter how many times they they win, it still um, feels as good as the first time, I think, so, um, Elisa's had a a pretty good year so far, and um, this was the one we were aiming for pretty much, pretty much since Baku last year, really, when she went close to winning, winning there, so, yeah. She's been a top rider for so long, but,
1: uh, like, we've noticed her overall package is has really come together lately. What is that? Uh, what's something you two worked on specifically to to kind of bring everything together?
3: Yeah, I think just that, just the whole package, and then um, you know, from challenging her a bit more. You know, it's easy to she's such a talented athlete as it is, so it's easy to just kind of um, shy away from challenging her. So that's sort of been my thing just just pushing her and and finding her. You know, both physically and and technically um so we've really just challenged her in all those areas by giving her oh i'm big on numbers so just give her a lot of data on everything and try to just analyze stuff as much as i can and you've constantly challenged her to to improve all, all areas and um that's really been the biggest thing and and i think that that even though she you know has pretty much led every race this year and and hasn't won them all um based on like the system and the things that we're working on in my mind you know i always joke with her i was like well i think you're undefeated this because the things that we're working on um you know you're, you're hitting them every time and and it's only a matter of time before that's going to come together and, and and it did at the right time uh in zolda
0: so, with someone like Elise, she's naturally so strong already and of course she has to train physically and stuff, but um, do you focus more on the track with Elise or do you still focus a lot on strength work as well with her?
3: Um, no, I'd say we still focus a lot on the strength stuff and um, yeah, I don't think you can ever be too fast or, or too strong and you, and you have to maintain that stuff so um, it's, it's, a, it's about working on it all hand in hand I think and, um, and trying to progress all of it together.
0: What's your What's your philosophy towards strength training kind of in general? Um, get strong and get fast at the same time, really. Uh, I
3: guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, just try to push, you know, put as much muscle on as we can and then try to turn it into speed on the bike, really.
0: Yeah, because you see so many different kinds of aspects towards it. Like you see a lot of like... I know a lot of the European countries go through huge phases and that kind of thing and some other people don't. What do you think about that kind of thing?
3: Um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm big on the belief that that everything works, but not works forever, so you kind of just have to keep evolving. Um, so, like, with someone like Elise, she does have such a big foundation, so the way that I can approach sort of her strength training compared to maybe, say, you know, Lauren or someone like that that needs a bit more foundation is is different. Um, whereas Elise, we can just go right into um, intense stuff and don't have to worry so much about the risk of injury because she does have such a good foundation from you know her years of gymnastics as a as a kid and then um, the work she did you know through her early BMX days with Sean and um, and I have a really good understanding of what she's done because I've always been there to see that. So. Yeah. What about
1: uh, like the the amount of volume you guys do? Because we we talked to Martin and he was talking about what what he likes to do, and he likes to do uh, two training sessions a day for say five days, and then have a couple of days of rest. What's the volume like for you guys, training wise?
3: Yeah, pretty similar. We would um, generally, normally, yeah, uh, it depends what part we're in, but I'd say in like a heavy heavier phase, we're sort of twice a, twice a day. Um. Pretty much, I sort of say we twice a day. You say Monday, then Tuesday might be once, and then twice again Wednesday, then once Thursday, and twice again. And then generally, we try to have a couple of days off at the end of the week. But then, as we get closer to the race, um, that can change, and we might go sort of more day on day off. And um, as we're trying to sharpen up,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um. Technique stuff. Like Martine was telling us. Uh on his stuff like when he works with his riders that they work a lot on technique with gate form and that kind of thing is something you guys focus on a lot as well yeah 100% that's
3: that's sort of your bread and butter so we, um, yeah I'm just big on everything that we do that we're focusing on the same things you know when my sprinting as when my gate stuff there's always a cue that's the same that we're focusing on in all those areas so that it you know it becomes a habit and um, and then you can get in those moments like a well, and and it and instinctual.
0: With the, the different riders that you train, I mean, obviously you train uh, Justin, Anthony. You were training Sean before, Lauren, Elise. Like, how do you monitor the progress and needs kind of for each rider? Like, do you do you set up a needs analysis for each of them and then kind of train them a bit differently? Or you know, obviously we do similar stuff, but do you kind of tailor it for each of them?
3: Yeah, I try to do as much as I can, and then. The main, I mean, the the philosophy is very similar, but I just try to give as much individual feedback as I can, which becomes pretty time consuming. Just trying to, you know, get data on everyone and then give them their own. Um, like for Elise and Lauren, it works out perfect because the idea is that those two can train next to and push each other, but I can give them individual data, and so that we can see individual. Um, yeah, and then and then someone like Anthony. I I have to train Anthony pretty differently to the girls. I say the girls can the girls probably do a little bit more volume than than say Anthony because he has such a. Um, I think just in general, <laughs> girls can handle a bit more volume than guys, and and also because putting out so much more power than as well that he generally needs a bit more more rest and. Um, and we're still fine tuning that for him, and I think we got it pretty close in the lead up to the worlds. And he was um, definitely going pretty good there.
0: Yeah, Anthony was pulling at the worlds. He rode really well.
3: Yeah. He was on yeah. fire, no doubt.
0: Yeah, he looked really complete. Like he looked really comfortable and good around the track too.
3: Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He put in a lot of work sort of that those ten weeks leading up to the worlds, and um, we went Zolda a week after Paris to spend a bit of time on the track and. We found some things for him that that helped him and, and I think it just helped him going in there with a clear head and like he knew knew where he needed to be and knew what the fuck lines were for him and he just kind of focused on those things all day and um, yeah, he put together a really good day and uh, going into that, I was, I was pretty confident for him and unfortunately he just kind of wheelied down the hill and lost a bit of... Momentum and then got caught up in the first corner.
0: But all in all, it was um, a huge step forward for him. I think. Yeah. How, go ahead, James.
1: I was just gonna say, how tough is it for coaching Elise, for someone who didn't get the ride to ride the track as much? Uh, how tough was it getting her comfortable on the track, or was she okay with it right away?
3: Yeah, it was tough, but I mean that's the challenge we've faced all year. I mean, every World Cups in Europe, so we're essentially going to their home track every time, and um, and it's a challenge, but uh I mean and I think that she probably doesn't get enough credit for what she, she did this year really like even with Paris um, I mean she had a huge crash the week before and tweaked her back really bad and it was until the last minute that we decided we we're gonna go to Paris and then we got there and then her bike didn't stop or we so she lit the first time she ever rode the Paris track did a gate start on that track was the morning of the race and then she <laughs> she led the race to the finish line so like that's a huge effort to, and you know a lot of those other girls have raced on that track many times and you know trained on it and whatever else so for her to show up and do that was like a, a huge feather in her cap and you know everyone just looks at it on the surface and goes oh she got beat at the line again but for me i was just in the lead-up for the what we were trying to do with the world so it was like that was a win really to show up there and do that under the conditions and under the training load that she was under, um, it was it was huge. So it's been big, for, I think, for at least to have that. Um, the I guess a bit more of a philosophy training system to fall back on because I think it's really hard for athletes when you are constantly judged on win loss all the. And so it's nice to have, you know, someone in your corner and, and a philosophy you can fall back on and still feel like, you know, progression forward.
0: Yeah, no kidding. With people watching and stuff, it's so easy to just to judge off watching a main event. They don't have any idea what's actually going on in the whole situation. Yeah, yeah.
3: And it, it's, just, especially when you've got a big picture and a big plan in place, you know, like most of these guys do for World Championships and Olympics and things like that, it's, um, obviously it is it is win loss but it's not always based on win loss and with the big
0: yeah like even with tuan like he hadn't done well at the world cups leading in but a lot of people didn't know he went through a tough personal time and a lot of injuries and stuff and yep. then it wasn't any surprise for him and his coach that he did well at the worlds either yeah exactly yeah yep. on race day like you have so many different riders do you do you have to? you find obviously with different personalities, you have to coach differently to each kind of rider, or like talk less, talk more to some, or how how do you find that?
3: Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's um that's been the biggest challenge for me, I think, just learning the different personalities and what makes them tick, and trying to cater to that. Um, like me and Anthony, we I would say we talk a lot, you know, in the week leading up and, and the night before, and and then on race day, like. He he just likes to get in a rhythm and, and go and it really just, uh, I don't even know we we had a we had a little face to face chat in a break at the worlds and then um, other than that I, we were just texting sort of between laps and um, and he was in a good a good flow and there there wasn't a lot I needed to to do for him and it was more just like kind of a pat on the back and point out a couple of things and and really just remind him his, you know technical cues that we been working on and that those were the thoughts in his mind but for the most part he was just in a rhythm and doing his thing. Um, and then Lise, uh, yeah, I'd say, I mean we talked on race day and obviously husband and wife and so a lot of face, face time and talk over everything. Um, and especially like the world was a, a bit of an up and down day. She crashed in the first round and um, kind of had to, had to bounce back from that. And, and then it was kind of just survival mode a little bit. And we just, we really just wanted to get to the final. And, and I know that she's so good at hyper focusing and just getting everything out. And, um, and in the final, in the, her ramp time in the final, damn near some of the. Uh, lower guys, so she, hmm. she definitely fired it off when she needed to.
0: Alan popped a round off. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what do you talk to
1: her on the day like that where she was had the issue at the beginning of the day but was kind of bouncing back? What do you talk to her about throughout the day like that?
3: Um, I just try to keep everything based on on cues and, and focused on the technical things that we're working on and, um, and just try to keep that as the focus so that we don't get too caught up in the emotion of it and um you know she she obviously was pretty upset after that and frustrated and she was already a bit on edge going into that race because she probably felt a little bit at disadvantage as it was with just not having that as much time on the track and you know whatever else and after that it was kind of like let's just you know let's just put it into perspective of where we're at here you know there's five girls in this heat and you've got to just go out there and run two more laps and and then we transition into the next phase so it was, it was more about like let's just get the day started like that was that oh, we're gonna get the day started and it didn't work out so now we've got another chance let's just finish a lap you know if, it, if you come third you come third if you come fourth you come fourth but let's finish a lap and get started and then and then we'll just you know go from there so it was really just a reset time i think when that little crash happened and then after that, it was um, it was kind of just about being smart, you know. The girls are, the girls' racing becomes pretty tactical, especially on a track that's so tight like that. It's you know you can go into the first corner and you know equal first and get hung out to dry, and then you can't get back to the to the girls' side on the second straight. So you've really just got to be smart. So we pretty much just strategize to kind of survive and get through the rounds and get to the final where, where we where we knew played to her because it was just all or nothing and um yeah, but there's always fear in those earlier rounds like the quarters and semis of, you know, going into a first corner equal with another girl and getting hung out dry and um yeah, so we just kinda reset and just took each lap for what it
0: was and played the the top four game a little bit yeah i think keeping it simple like on a race day is so important and just one thing at a time yeah Mm yeah um anything else james
1: well i was curious too like uh, what about the mental side again it's more of the mental side we know how important that is um do you get sam and your other athletes to work with a separate mental coach or do you try to help them with help them with that yourself
3: um yeah i try to help i mean elisa's got a sports psychologist she's worked with for a long time so Mm -hmm. um yeah she continues to work with with her and um and then i mean we're i'm anthony and elise obviously we all live together so we're constantly talking about stuff and um but i'm a big believer that if you you know if you if you physically can be in the best shape as you can and you have your, you know, your technical and tactical things to focus on. Then, the mental side of it should come pretty easy. Um, mm-hmm. If you know, if you are focusing on those same things day to day and constantly working on them, you get to a point where you where you really trust them. Um, I always sort of say that your cues are like kind of like your, you know, you you get, friend or your wife. You know, you you trust them. You know, sometimes they might piss you off a little bit and not work out perfectly, but nine times out of ten, they're perfect, so you, you'll always fall back on them. Uh, but also understanding that they they don't guarantee success, but you know that they're your best chance for success.
0: Nope, they fucking guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a system we're going to do it every time. It's going to be the exact same every time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's ever going to change.
0: <laughs> um, anything else, James?
1: No, yeah. I think we could probably... Just hop over to the quick shots. We had a bunch, right? We yeah, we got a little bit. Yeah,
0: we got some for Sam. Go for it.
1: Right off, start us off. I don't know how you say this name. You said it before. Coccius one hundred and three. He <laughs> said, "What was the last thing you said to Elise before the final?"
3: Um, I just reminded her of the of her technical cues down the first straight. Really, the things that we've been talking about all week in in the lead up, and um, that was really the the last thing. Yeah.
0: At Scott648, how do you challenge your riders mentally in their day-to-day training?
3: Uh, I think just with the numbers and with, with data and with video review. and um, Yeah, that's that's pretty much the challenge. Everything we do is, is documented and, um, and yeah, has data or numbers behind
1: it so that we can constantly be, be challenged to, to beat them. All right. This is from Bishop Noah thirty eight. Says, which was a more satisfying win, Elise winning the worlds or you winning the worlds?
3: Um. Well, probably Elise's. I'd say Elise's. Yeah, because it just felt like more of a team effort. Yeah, both of them rock Hill and and Zolda, um, were, were pretty good. Yeah.
0: What a guy. Uh, at David Graf forty eight. What do you think is a key to overcome a performance plateau?
3: I would say, I'd say change, <laughs> just, yeah, I think just um, if something's not working, change it and just, but, but look at it objectively and um, and don't be afraid to, to, uh, to sort of make a, maybe a lateral move to, to take step forward, but definitely don't be afraid to, to change things and, um, yeah.
1: Change is scary, man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, from Sylvan Andre BMX. He says, Are you going to work with any national team?
3: Um, well, I guess right now I kind of work under USA a little bit with Elise, or just Elise. But, um, yeah, so Jamie helps us out a bit so that I can work with Elise. And then, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, right now my focus is on, on Elise and Anthony and, and Lauren. And, um,. Yeah, I don't know what the future holds with that, but potentially.
0: Just gets messy sometimes. <laughs> what what do you mean? Well, like well, like sometimes it's just easier if you work like kind of how you're doing with uh, with private coaching with different riders, like you can be more specific, yeah. I feel like, and not have to deal with like a whole bunch of logistics stuff or meeting stuff. You can just focus on pure coaching because I feel like a lot of national team jobs with coaching, like coaching is actually a small portion of it. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, it there really is not many national. There's not really many coaches out. Honestly, I feel it like, like I feel
0: there's like, a lot of travel agents. But I feel like there a lot of times. Uh, a lot of times, they're more like directors than actual coaches. I feel yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I would not want to be in
3: that kind of a role. And I mean, for right now, the thing is, I. Like, I mean, obviously, Elise is my wife, so it would not work for me. to work for USA because that would be a bit of a conflict. And then, um obviously I'm focused on Elise so I can't I'm not going to go work for Australia or something like that so um, but in the future if I was going to do it I, I would rather work for a national team as like a head coach than do the whole private thing because I just think you have more authority to, to run a proper system um, but yeah but for now I, I, don't, I don't know that would all be post Elise's career I think <laughs>
0: All right, Jason Carnes at the Berm Academy texted me his quick shot this morning. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Ask Sam, what would he do if one of his athletes threw a fit during training, like unclipped in a sprint, then started kicking water bottles, knocking over timers, etc. Basically, how he acted." <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would commend that. I love intensity. Beautiful. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, last one here from Leo One Thirty Two.
0: Yeah, why not? I remember this one time before Norway, before the Norway World Cup in 2012, I was doing gates at my house and I was getting like shit. It was like the weekend before and I was getting more pissed and more pissed. By the fourth or fifth gate, I think I hit it, unclipped, and just kicked my timer as hard as I could. (laughs) That's how you break a performance plateau right there. Exactly. (laughs) That's how you break the budget having to buy a new timer. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, What was the other question? Uh, the last one here from uh, is how important do you think uh, pure strength is in BMX? Like, is it stronger the better? Do you think?
3: I think yeah, it's imp- yeah, it's one hundred percent important. I think strength is the foundation of everything, of speed of everything. But you have to obviously train the other, you know, the speed and the the power along with it. Um, but at the end of the day, that is the foundation of all of that. So yeah, it's, I think it's super
0: important. Awesome. Well, Sam, thanks a lot for coming on, man. We really appreciate you coming on for the second time and and chatting to you about coaching. And and congratulations on all the success, man. It's awesome. Yeah, very cool. All right. Enjoy going back home to Australia. Will do. Thanks, guys. See you, man.
1: Thanks, Sam. Later.
0: Oh, Sam Willoughby, James.
1: Sam Willoughby, man. I really. It's funny how when we started this podcast, I told you I always wanted it to be behind the scenes, no training stuff. But I'm so interested when we talk to the coaches about their different training philosophies.
3: For
0: sure. I mean, this is behind the scenes, really, because a lot of this kind of stuff doesn't get talked about a lot.
1: No, it really doesn't. It's cool to hear the different things he talks about, like during our race days for different riders, like between Martin and Sam. I think it's really interesting.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the main um, things is you just have to find what makes the rider tick, because if the rider's going in mentally strong and prepared and feels good and knows they've done everything, that's, that's like a huge part of training.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. That's that confidence you need, right? If you're going in second-guessing things, which I think we've all done, we all know it doesn't end up going well for you, right?
0: Yeah, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. So just, yeah. 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 Finding it's, a, it's
1: always so hard to just focus on the task when you're not trusting yourself and then you always fall back to just like a result-based thing and then it never goes well.
0: Yeah, you have to, yeah, just know that, you got to just keep hammering through some, some games are harder than others. Like some days everything's clicking, but um, it takes a really s- mentally strong person and a great athlete to get the best out of themselves when um, things aren't going well. And then once you start doing that more and more, you start trusting that even if you're not feeling great, you can still get it done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I think it takes that good relationship too, between the coach and rider to, for the coach to be able to, to realize that's happening and try to set them straight before it gets too far down the wrong path.
0: Yeah. And I think it takes, it, it's important for the rider to open up to the coach about stuff they're going through or whatever and I think I st- I started doing that years a few years ago but I think I should have done it maybe a bit earlier um, yeah and kind of yeah I think I, I started doing it years ago but uh, when I was younger I didn't really do that and I think um, I could have started doing that earlier for sure yeah
1: that's a, it's a good thing to learn it's sometimes hard to learn at the same time though
0: too for sure it's not easy no for sure and I think having a personal relationship with your coach so they know everything you're going through is is best case scenario
1: yeah I think that's huge. That's really
0: huge. Um, on, a, on a lighter note, Snap on Green.
1: Yeah, let's hear, wait, let's hear this thing. Where
3: did he send us?
0: All right, Snap on Green left us a voicemail. Let's see what he says.
3: All right, let's have a listen. Hello, my dear friends, coffee chatter. It is Snap on Green here. I see Tory has literally not stopped commenting on my fucking page along with trying to claim he runs the page. We all know you are not the successful meme page Snap on Green. 15BMX even has decided that Tory runs the meme page. This is out of control. Please, let's have a chat on the podcast. Yours sincerely, Snap on Green.
0: Dude, he wants to come on the podcast.
1: Did you, is that, that's what it sounds like. Do we get him on? I think we got to get him on one of these shows because, yeah. What is this deal that, you know, 15 BMX obviously thinks it's you. What is this all about? I don't
0: know, man. I don't I don't understand why people think that. It's just crap.
1: Yeah, it is crap, you know. They got to know. Just because just you like to comment on their things, all right?
0: I like to innocently comment. doesn't mean I run the page, people.
1: Yeah, God. The right. comments are hilarious, by the way. Oh, thank
0: you. You know, I try. I try. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll get him on the show. We'll get him on the show.
1: We, we, need, to, we need to end this beef between him because his page is fantastic.
0: It is fantastic. So we'll get him on. He'll use his little voice thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll give us another hint, too.
1: That would be cool. We need to find out. We need to We need to do some investigating for the people, right? Maybe
0: we should have him on for a little five-minute intro of our next show or one of our shows coming up.
1: Maybe we should make one of those YouTube videos like uh, AC did trying to find Stu. We oh, need to find Snap on Oh, we should do that. <laughs>
0: that would be so funny. Um. Thanks, ProGate Europe. Winning stars of the Great Gate. com. Talk to Jason Carnes and the Berm Academy if you want to go on tour across the U.S. and experience BMX in life. Come on, guys. Yeah. Get on there. We got
1: some great companies on board. It's, thank you, guys. It's awesome.
0: No, we're running one hell of a fucking show here, James. Why wouldn't we have oh, oh,
1: oh. them? <laughs> one hell of a program.
0: We All are running one hell of a program. Um, anything else? Before we wrap this... Thing up
1: uh, i think that's about it thanks for everybody for listening i hope that the sound quality was okay i'm literally sitting outside of the uh in the village right now yeah hope nobody wants by and interrupted
0: hopefully it's okay we had to, it's not easy to do three-way callings. So hopefully it's all right um yeah, we tried our best good luck at panem games bro have fun
1: thanks buddy i will i'm really enjoying it hopefully i can uh, make it through that third straight nice and quick absolutely yeah, yeah. all right
0: so. until next week thanks everybody thanks guys